Welcome back to another episode of The Emily Hibbard Show. I'm your host, Emily Hibbard. On this podcast, I interview different people from different backgrounds, experiences, occupations, and faiths. Today, extrovert and networker Jackson Fong is my guest. Jackson, welcome to the show today. Hey, Emily. Thanks so much for having me. So the pandemic has affected us all differently. Today, I want to talk about how it's impacted you. Um, just being a, a people person, I love being with people. And um, it was kind of a shock for me um, to go from hanging out with tons of people to, no, you can't talk to anybody. You need to go stay in the corner and you can't like leave your house. And I'm like, wait, but no. <laughs> so... Um, and in, in process, I still do talk with a lot of people. I do a lot of things that require me to interact with people. Um, but to be able to have that free ability to just hang out with people I want to hang out with and, and, and not feel constrained or being able to um, spend more time on purpose with people that I, I don't have to, um, in a way, not being able to do that in a lot of ways has been kind of like the best way I could describe it would be uh, shell-shocked or culture-shocked. Um, to try to figure out, well, how do I have, a, how do I navigate this? Because I'm normally interacting with people, going to different places and hanging out and, and doing stuff. And now, again, trying to honor everybody in that process by by staying true to the the guidelines that have been given. Um, what's okay, what's not, and how do I help people to feel good about being with other people? And and at the same time, how do I how do I function? Um, with that vacuum, um, some of that isolation has been tough in, in navigating because my my kids have all gone within the last couple of years between school or work or marriage, and and so that's also like a new thing. Because um, normally I would I would kind of lean a little bit on that as well. We'd go play games or go do something, and and that that in the midst of all this that that's been quite an adjustment. Yeah, I mean, because for for extroverts in general, right? The pandemic and the isolation is one thing, but for you, you and your wife really became empty nesters as well. Yeah. So that was just like one thing on top of everything else, just trying to, to know what was okay. And to a certain extent, almost rediscover ourselves and, and, um, our purpose and our, um, the options and opportunities that were still available and, and the needs. Um, I think there were certain things that, um, when you're normally on the run and on the go and talking with lots of people and doing lots of things, um, number one, it's easy to get caught up in that and let that become not only your focus, but your identity. Um, but at the same time, um, trying to transition out of that and with new guidelines and new constraints and new um, new concerns and new focuses, um, I think everybody is trying to find their place and and sometimes if you don't have the right people in play um, or the re right resources or connections, it would be really easy to become isolated and feel shut off. And it, within that process, I think it could be easy also to shut down. Um, there was, a, there was a, a person that I was talking with a couple of days ago. He's been working with students longer than I've been alive. Um, and he was talking a, about some frustration as far as... Um, not really having anybody, um, mm. which which kind of shocked me because I know that he has talked with or dealt with thousands and thousands of people. And I'm like, well, wait a second. I mean, 
I, this this person he's gone through in the midst of this he's gone through everything from uh, quadruple bypass surgery to a car accident and he's caring for other people and all the time and when he has a need I'm like well who who goes to you? I mean, who do you go to? I mean, how does that work? But I think there's a lot of people that are struggling with things like that, where we're trying to find our place. And at the same time, our heart is to help other people find what they need to, to find encouragement, to find support, to find direction. Um, and I think, I think for anybody that, that deals with people, I think that, that is a potential danger or a, a pay, at least a, at least a speed bump a serious speed bump that that could really derail you if you're not careful yeah for sure yeah. i mean when i think of you you've got your hands in so many cookie jars you're doing this over here you're involved in this over here you, you've got conferences you're speaking you're you're coaching you're doing so many things and then the pandemic hits and your kids move out and get married and go to school which is amazing right it's incredible we all want to you know want to want to see that and then the isolation, um, that's, that word I think stands out to me. It feels, feels like one of those cold, I don't know, cold, icy, icy words. So I, I'm curious for you, practically, what did, what did that look like in the, in the midst, in the heart of, of the shutdowns, the lockdowns, the mandates, all everything, what practically, what did, what did that look like for you? Um, there was a, to a certain extent, there was a set of silence um, because I'm not going to all these meetings because a lot of things aren't happening. So this conference isn't happening. This event's not happening. This other thing's not happening. These, uh, whether it be at a festival or a rally or whatever, none of those things are happening. Um, so, so there's no reason to meet. And so a lot of those things disappear. And, and uh, to, to be honest, a lot of people are really focused on trying to figure out stuff in their circles. Um, you know, what does that mean for their their church, their ministry, their school, um, their uh, their business, whatever it is, they're trying to, it's almost like survival mode to a certain extent. And so as everybody's trying to find their place in their thing, because part of my life is really dependent upon what everybody else is doing, um, to a certain extent, there was, there was this huge vacuum of silence. Um, and normally I don't, I don't sit still anyways. So for me, there's a part of me that's always searching and seeking. And it's like, well, what do you need? And how can I help? And, um, so in the midst of that, I think there was a portion where at first I was just kind of, it got super quiet, super fast. And, and I think, to be honest, I think there was a portion of me at first that was like, um, I just, I wanted to enjoy the, the breath of fresh air, the, the moment. But for me, that moment moves pretty quick. <laughs> and so I could deal with a day or two of that. But then I realized that it's been several days. I'm not talking to people. I'm not meeting with people. Um, a lot of groups that normally meet are not meeting anymore. Um and then, so I wanted, I needed to find something to do. I needed people to interact with. Um, and so for me, I, I needed to go and I needed to look. Um, because for me, with that silence, um, it's a blend of a number of things. It's that in that silence, I'm not 
there's a portion where I'm not being encouraged. Um, there's a portion where things are not happening that might either inspire me or encourage me or enlighten me or challenge me. None of those things are happening. Um, the people I normally interact with, again, those are either hyper-focused or we're not talking at all because they have to be hyper-focused. Um, and, and with anybody, um, I think in the midst of this, there are a lot of people that were hurting or struggling because things are going on with their family, things are going on with their kids, they're going on with their health, with their parents. And so as I'm interacting with people, I start getting this flood of information of people that are hurting and people that are struggling. And, and there's a part of me that wants to be there for everybody. And there's a part of me that understands that with these new guidelines of these new constraints, a lot of things I normally would have done, I can't do anymore. I can't just run over and stop by. I can't get a group of get together to go out and help connect with or, or interact or, or meet that need. Um, so that means I got to change all my paradigms, um, and, and try to figure out how that comes together. Um, and so for me, I needed to, I needed to pull back and I needed to recalibrate a lot for myself. Um, and there are a lot of things that people do for that. People go to mentors, people go to teachers and educators, people do conferences, um, people go to therapists, people do counseling, people go to coaches and life directors. Um, I've been all those things and I've, I have all those things. Um, and, and even then, um, interacting with all those people, um, it's different because when you interact with each one of those types of people, they all have a different focus. So an educator, their whole thing is to get you to learn about something, to kind of expand your horizons about whatever it is. A mentor, they're trying to get you to get from A to B to, to learn from their footsteps. And hopefully if they're a good mentor, they're trying to get you to surpass them. Um, you know, a life director, they'll hear about what you have to say um, and they'll tell you what to do. Same type of thing for a counselor. They'll, they'll hear what you have to say. They'll advise you on your thoughts and some of the, the hurts and baggage. Um, and they'll try to get you to, to move forward. Um, then I discovered um, coaching. And I've worked with coaches before and I've, I've taken classes and I've, I've gotten certified and things like that. And I've realized that for coaches, their interaction is different because their focus is to be a sounding board. So a solid coach, if you're talking with them, their whole thing is to reflect back to you all the stuff you're processing um, and to help you discover for yourself what makes the best sense for you. Um, so again, like a life director or a, um, or a teacher and educator, they'll, they'll hear in general what you have to say, and then they'll just tell you what they think you should do based on what they know and their experience. The coach's perspective is super different because their whole thing is to separate their experience and really focus on you and your experience um, to, to get you to kind of, in a way, listen to yourself. Um, it's been said that the human capacity is humongous. Um, and if you're looking at it from a spiritual perspective, um, some people would, would address what we'll call the Holy Spirit and the power of the Holy Spirit within you. Um, and and it's very interesting because if you look, and if you're trying to be consistent about how all that works, 
if if you if really really believe that God is is who He says He is and and how all that comes together, um, then God doesn't change the capacity of God, the capability of God, the understanding of God, um, the focus of God in in loving and helping people move from A to B. Um, none of that has changed. So if that's the case, all those amazing things that whether it be a prophet or a disciple or an apostle. Um, again, regardless of how you perceive any of that, whether it be we're talking about someone like like Deborah or someone we're, we're talking about Elijah or Peter or any anybody like that, all those amazing supernatural things that they did and they had access to, you have access to as well if, you, if you're plugged into the Holy Spirit. And... I thought that was very interesting. That was a very interesting thought for me because that means a couple of things. That means the potential hasn't changed. If anything, the potential is raised. Not only because of, you know, the supernatural stuff, but again, just from the baseline of what we, we've been given, um, even what we're doing right now, um, being able to, to interact through technology. Um, the baseline of where we start is it's so much further than where what what's been in the past. Um, that means, to a certain extent, as much as there weren't any limits before, because we're all starting at a higher level or a wider level or deep, however you want to describe it, um, the potential has exponentially increased. Um, and so looking at that wide range of the capability and the possibilities, that was amazing. Um, but then it was a stronger reminder to me about the fact that we're not ever truly alone. We may feel it, but then that comes back to, well, with all the stuff we've been given, what's holding us back? And the truth is, when it comes to isolation, a lot of that, what's really holding us back, it honestly, it's us. It's because I don't want to be humble enough to say, hey, I need help or I'm lonely, or I miss you, or um, I'm struggling, um, that we, we, we short-circuit ourselves and we limit ourselves. Um, because the truth is, there's always people that want to connect. Um, and there are people that are always going to be out there that are going to care. But will you find them? Will you look? Will you ask? Um, and I've worked with all sorts of groups. I've worked with... Um, Groups like Celebrate Recovery, um, people that are, are going through addictions and struggles and things like that. I've worked with churches. I've worked with um, businesses and, and sales and, and, and hospitality. And in all those different things, um, there's always going to be options. But for a lot of that, as much as we would like people to come find us and serve us and help us, the truth is most of the time, almost all the time, honestly, we have to ask um, and that's probably one of the biggest um, things about isolation it, to break out of that is we have to go look. Um, but you can't just look anywhere because, again, different people have different needs and different different focuses. And, and I may want to work with this one group. Uh, and, well, here's an example. Um, this last weekend was L.A. Comic Con. Um, and I, I was blessed to be able to spend some time there. Um, and in a place like that, there's always stuff available and there's always people available. 
Um, and I had spoken at um, Comic-Con in San Diego several years ago. And I mean, any, any conference or con, con, any conduit where you have <laughs> so many people, <laughs> um, again, it's, it can be super overwhelming. And at the same time, within the space of so many people, you can still feel really alone. Right. Um, you know, um, and, and you can find all sorts of people, f- super famous people, educators, teachers, pastors, whatever, um, that they're surrounded by people all the time. And yet they feel so alone. They, fe- they feel isolated. And, and, and again, it's been said, I think, uh, the numbers recently, as far as people in ministry, um, the, the drop rate is about 39% now. So, um, that they'll, they'll quit and they'll say, forget it. I'm done. Um, just because they're burnt out. Um, and part of that burnout is partially because of isolation. Cause who do you talk to? Well, well, okay. Who do you attribute that to? Do you, American culture, right? Are we, is it, um, is it part of our American culture to when we're feeling lonely, when we're feeling isolated to, to reach out or is it more ingrained in us to, 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 to be strong and, and muscle through and power through and, and do it on our own, which sure. I think this is why this, this conversation of isolation, this topic of isolation is so fascinating to me because in the last two years, people that are in my world, I, I, I know two people who committed suicide mm-hmm. in, you know, d- during COVID just could not take it for various reasons. Right. Um, sure. I recall back, uh, thank you. Um, April ish of 2020. So maybe a month in, not, not long into, into the pandemic at at all. A friend of mine was messaging me saying, I can't do this. I lost my job. Uh, I'm not gonna be able to pay my rent. I, I don't want to live anymore. And I, you know, I told him, I said, Hey, come over, take my, take, you know, crash on my couch, be here as long as you can, because it was so serious for me. This is one month in, right? So this isn't, this isn't two years and it's been a hard road. This was one month, like almost immediately. So it, you know, starts, it makes me think like identity. When, when we remove all the things that were a part of the groups, the club, the friends, uh, the conferences, the, the events, whatever it is that, you know, that we do, when we take that away, when we stand in mm. front of the mirror, who's that person? Sure. Who's that person? Well, again, I think you're absolutely right. There's so many people that, everything it's i mean you look at everything that's going on in social media just by that hundreds of thousands of like trying to get you know groups and groups of followers um why is that because that's kind of where you feel your worth you know your purpose to a certain extent if i can do something positive or like look at me look at me um and and it's not a kid thing i mean there are kids that do that but i think it i mean it doesn't change with adults i I think we all want to be wanted we all want to have somebody care about us and feel that we're important that that we're needed Um, a term that came up and i had to battle through this myself was worthy um worth attention worth time worth care worth resources I, i think there's a lot of people that battle with that and and if your livelihood, and and again, I don't think it matters if you're a business owner, if you're a church leader, if you're a, um, a community leader, if you're an educator, when COVID kicked in, again, all that changed. Um, I, I talked to, I've been working, doing some work with in, with education and been t- talking to a lot of educators and we've, we've come to the terms that 
we don't know what people look like. We don't know what students look like. We don't know what parents look like. You know, you might, if, if you, if you're lucky enough to, to be part of a school system where you have yearbooks, um, you know, you kind of cheat and peek at the yearbook to figure out what the kids look like. Um, good luck on figuring out what the parents look like. Cause you know, again, they all got their masks on. So you, you don't know. Um, again, um, you know, again, I was at Comic-Con and I trying to talk to different other panel people and, and things that I've done stuff in the past with, we weren't sure like, Hey, is that so-and-so? And you'd have to call out their name and like, Oh, Hey, you know, and, but you don't know. Cause again, we're all separated by just the mask. Um, and it's not just the physical mask either. Um, I think you attributed it to earlier. There is a push to be strong. Uh, there is a push to have it all together. There is a push to, um, to look good. Um, again, if you're in any, any position of leadership, um, I don't care what your background is. If you're in any position of leadership, you're supposed to lead with strength. You know, most people, it's not encouraged to lead through your weakness. The ironic thing is that most people that are, are hunting and looking for help or assistance, they're looking for vulnerability. They're looking for authenticity. They're well, looking for absolutely, yeah. to, to yeah. be, you know what? I, I don't got all this together and I struggle with this just as much as you, or this is where, where I've been brought from. And if I can do it, oh my goodness, how much more might you be able to do? I, know. Um, I, was, I just had this conversation. Well, a similar conversation last night with a lady who she, she comes from a very, I mean, she's probably, She's 60s, easy, like coming up on 70. And she has been a very conservative Christian her whole life. And a couple years ago, she said something in her, she, she wanted to know more people from the LGBT, you know, Q community. And I said, oh, you know, do you, do you have any friends, you know, anything, anyone like that? She goes, no, no. And I said, okay, well, if you want, you want, you more than welcome to hang out with me. And, you know, some of my gay friends, like they're, they're regular people. And she, and at the time she thought that was way too much. Just, Oh no, I, I can't do that. I can't do that. But I was just talking to her again last night and she lives out of state and she really wants to get to know more people that are different than her. I mean, really couldn't be more different. Mm-hmm. And she's, there's, there's something in her that, it's, it's so foreign. I mean, I asked her, do you have any gay friends? Do you, do you, do you actually have like a gay friend, like one, right? She's like, no. So for her, it's a big deal for me, you know, whatever it's LA. And of course you have gay friends. Like it's not even a second thought, but I was, what stood out to me was that for her, it's so vulnerable for her. It's new for her. It's transition. She's transitioning from living in this particular part of this world and she's wanting to expand and just get to know other types of people. And I said, that is fascinating to me because it's vulnerable Mm -hmm. and it's that transition part, right? Like we all know a lot of people that we know them for this, but they're, Oh, if, if they dealt with something, it was, they dealt with something in their past. They're not currently going through something or struggling with something, or they're usually not in the middle of it. And I was trying to you know, explain to her how profound and rare it is to catch someone, catch to, to interact with someone who's, who's so vulnerable. Like you're saying, like most of our leaders or whatever, you know, whatever leadership looks like, whether it's at work, whether it's our faith communities, whatever that is, it's almost like these people really have it together when Mm -hmm. really we're looking for people who 
maybe they struggle with the same thing we do and we can connect with that. But if they just come off as perfect, what do you connect with? Yeah. Well, um, again, I I was working with some people doing a conference and some people felt like that, like they're so far above us. How, how do we even like, we're just kind of here just like taking notes. We'd love to get there someday, somehow, maybe. Um, and like, well, no, like, and this is one of the reasons why when I, when I help put together these things, um, I try to make it, so that there are smaller interactions just because sometimes you see someone from super far away. Um, it, it's easy to kind of fill in the blanks with whatever you want to fill it in with. Um, but the truth is, I mean, we all struggle with, you know, even if it's just like traffic, <laughs> LA traffic, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I'm like, Oh my goodness. Um, but, but there's always something. And so we have to be super intentional because, I mean, again, any kind of change, whether it be trying to get out of isolation or trying to make some life change, all of that has to be intentional. And we have to kind of choose. Sometimes we got to make some big choices because we, if we want to get from one perspective to another or one location to another, you have a far, like a distant, a distant goal, a target you're shooting for. And so you have to be intentional about that. Um, at the same time, sometimes for some people, especially with everything going on, maybe that's too much. Yeah. And so that's okay. Um, then make, make a small target. What do you want to do tomorrow? You know, if you're going to do, you want something different from today to tomorrow, what are you going to do? So I want to write a book, maybe write a paragraph today. You know, well, I want to, I want to become a voiceover actor. Why don't you, why don't you go online and, and check out, like check, you know, check a couple of videos out or something like that. You know, I want to, I want to finish my education. Well, by the end of the day, why don't you look through a couple schools, you know, and, and figure out maybe what kind of, what kind of school do you want to go to? Or maybe what kind of major, major interests you, you know, pick a small target. Um, but you got to be intentional about that. And, and again, most people, we don't want to talk about that because, Everybody wants to be at the end. We want to be at the end because we want to make the money. We want the followers. We want the interaction. We want the title, whatever it is. Um, the catch is, is that one of the beautiful things is the process. Um, because within the process, if you slow down to interact with the process, there's a lot of freedom there. And, and for myself, I know that... You know, there's a lot of things I want to do. I want to be a part of. Um, I'm not there yet. You know, I still got a long way to go for so many things. But today, there are people I can talk to. Today, I can throw a couple text messages out. Today, I can send a couple, you know, emails or messages, or I can interact with a couple people. Today, I can like th- scroll through my feed for a couple seconds and like, hey. I want to let you know that was great. That was a great picture. That was a great thing. You know, this is a great word. Um, be intentional for the small things. Um, and as we build up those things, um, we build up the habits. And as we build up habit, we build up character. Um, you know, and I think uh, scripture says that um, if you're faithful with little, you'll be given much. And I think those are things that it's easy to overlook because we feel like the big things matter more and we have to be a part of the big things in order to have worth. Um, And honestly, 
that could probably be further than truth. You know, I, I mean, we, we see people struggle in the limelight and it doesn't matter where you're coming from, from whichever perspective you can pick and, you know, you can nitpick at any, any group. Um, and there are people that struggle with all sorts of things that are, are in, in big places. Um, but what would it have been like if they would have just slowed down and, and pulled somebody aside and said, I, I can't do this. I'm tired. I'm exhausted. I'm frustrated. I'm struggling. I need a hand. Um, and, you know, as you share about some of the people you lost, I, I hear you. I feel you. Um, even before the pandemic, um, my list was pretty high. Uh, before the pandemic, um, within the span of two years, I had lost over 80 people. Um, Eight and, zero? Yeah. Um, between um, everything from cancer to car accidents to suicide to um, I just... So because I try to surround myself with people and I try to interact with as many people groups as possible. Um, growing up, I, I think there was a portion of me that I, on one hand, I didn't want to miss out. Um, and over time, I... I saw groups of my friends that they got left behind and I promised myself, like, as far as it depends on me, I'm going to do my best to help people not feel that way. And it doesn't matter what your background is. And I had to, again, I had to learn a lot of things the hard way. Um, as far as why people do stuff again, it, again, what people are going through from, from the gay community, what are people going through as they're trying to figure out transitions? What are the people going through as, a, as they're either deconstructing into or out of a faith? Um, there are, there are, at, there are, there are very legitimate reasons why everybody's going through the things they're going through. That's why they're doing it. And, uh, but so often we're not listening we're too busy trying to get our point across. We're trying to get our view to be like the highlight. You need to see my perspective. Well, maybe, but right now, maybe what I need to do is I need to listen. Uh, my dad once said something um, that I'm still trying to, to grasp. You can choose to be right or you can choose the relationship. Mm -hmm. And, um, and again, it doesn't matter about what we're talking about. It doesn't matter if you're talking about marriage, if you're talking about parents and kids, you're talking about friends, you're talking about your neighbors, your coworkers. What's going to be more important to you? Um, because you can choose to be right, but like at the end of your life, is right going to be standing yeah. with you, you know, at your funeral? Like, and that was like, kind of like, whoa, um, heavy for me, but but the truth is, I think, again, regardless of perspective, regardless of your stance or issue on policy or, or perspective on, on ministry or faith or whatever, um, you know, we have to choose. And and that's not to say that there aren't absolutes. There are, you know, and, and you know, that's another conversation. But, but in traveling and making that journey, um, again, you know, your absolute could be totally correct. But if you care about these people, like they're not going to, they're not going to care about your perspective or your rightness. If you're like a jerk, um, you know, and again, I think other people like Eugene Cho and people like that have written books on, on things like that. But, um, but in looking at trying to be a part of something bigger, um, we have to be intentional. We have to be intentional both to own up to where we are and, 
to to be to be intentional about trying to reach out to people that are out there whether it be finding people that are not like us finding people that are like us finding people that have more to give whether it be direction or encouragement or support or we all need somebody because none of us are designed to to do all this ourselves i mean we can't i mean you know if you could i mean how are you how are you the multi, you know, how can you be a multi-billionaire and at the same time be a janitor? You know, how you can, how can you be an engineer and be a costume designer? I mean, is it possible? It's, it is possible, but we don't see that very often because we all have our priorities. Um, and so in order to kind of navigate through that and, and in the midst of the vacuums that we feel, we got to be intentional. Um, because otherwise, if we're not intentional, um, then it's going to be really easy to defer and, and always go back to that isolation because it's safer. It's safer not to say anything. It's safer to like, I'm fine. I'm all good. But if we're always all good, then nobody's going to reach out to us. Yeah. There's nothing to connect with. There's no, we connect with people in the areas that we either struggle with or we enjoy, or there's something mm-hmm. besides just that baseline that we yeah. connect with the high or the low. Yeah. Oh my gosh, Jackson, we could, this is such a deep subject. Thank you for, you know, for sharing your heart today. If, if anyone, you know, was listening today and they, and it resonated, something resonated with them, is there, uh, you know, where, where can they reach out? How can they find you? Um, you can find me on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Um, just find me Jackson D. Fong. Um, you know, I'm more than happy to, to just give a moment. You know, I think it's important. You know, um, and I've also been learning again about the, in the importance of all this, it, I don't have to have the right answer. You know, there's also this thing called deferring and referring. That's a beautiful thing about being connected is that, you know what, you have some serious struggles, but you know what, I know someone that has just gone through that, you know, and they can help walk you through that. Um, or those are some things that maybe I don't have a clue about. Um, that's why when, whether we, when some of the conference we've done together, um, there are a lot of people, groups and and situations and circumstances I just don't have a clue about. And that's why I've done my best to partner up with people that are smarter than me, that have more experience than me, um, or just their life circumstances. That's where they're at. Um, you know, and so it's okay. I mean, and that's one of the beautiful things too, about, being part of something bigger than yourself is that as you're, you know, open and honest about it. And as you ask, there's always going to be people that want to walk with you always. So yeah, those are some of the thoughts I got. Wow. So good. Thank you again for coming on the show uh, today, Jackson. I really appreciate it. Uh, If you want to connect with Jackson, like you said, uh, Facebook, Instagram, everything, Jackson D Fong F O N G. So thank Jackson. Thanks again for coming on today. Thanks, Emily. This concludes another episode of the Emily Hibbard Show. If you'd like to connect with me, you can find me on Instagram at Emily Hibbard. That's E-M-I-L-Y-H-I-B-A-R-D. And I hope to see you in the next episode.